mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? Episode 51, so it is the Gunner episode, and this is uh, Joy's latest, like, latest, latest, as latest as you can get, just born May 27th. Okay. How many kids does Joy have? Is that three? Is that three? Is that three? Three. Yeah. How old is she now, too? Oh God! You've, like I, I don't know. Like, can you? I hear thought that? you knew can everything. You, can you hear that? We are recording on July third. Could you hear that in there? A little bit, yeah. If you hear booms, it's because our our neighbors won't stop. They won't stop now until, um, oh, I don't know, September Labor Day, and then we will get a short reprieve before it starts up again for New Year's, and that'll yeah. run to about March, and then we get March to about late June off. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just fireworks. It's not here. a third and fourth thing. It's an all the fucking time thing. Yeah, even holidays that aren't really those kinds of holidays here in the states. I feel like they're still setting fire. And it's the house right behind us, and then yeah. it's the house across the street on the other side, mm-hmm. and to the right, we're surrounded every fucking night. So if you hear a boom, we can't do anything about it. There's nowhere we can go in this house. A boom, 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 boom. <sighs> Anyways, um, I have a couple. Orders of business. Ooh, okay. Um, first of I'll, all... I'll take your order. Uh, first of all, it's hot as hell. Mm. It's miserable here. It's 114 today. Yep. And it's been um, mild. And by mild, I mean it's been like, oh, 108, 105. <laughs> yeah. And now it's really ramping up. It's rough. Um, yep. Uh, so I'm full blown into the uh, sad uh, status. Yeah. Seasonal, Was it seasonal uh, affective yes, I'm disorder or something like that? It's hard Depression. to find motivation. I'm just not feeling it. I'm fucking yeah. cranky. It just sucks. I sat on the couch during one of my days off, and like you find that perfect point where you're not miserable, but then you don't want to move. Oh, no. Moving the is the second no, you yeah. move, it's over. Like I saw some of my steps from the other day, and I was like, yeesh. <laughs> not good. But yeah, for me, it's tough anyway, just because of like childhood anxiety that has stuck with me like summers were just mm-hmm. financially the hardest and you know anyway yeah. and then i just i hate it because i'm so i i mean back to when i was a kid i was always obsessed i, I was so worried about the air conditioner like mm-hmm. going out because i'm like if it goes out we're fucked we didn't have we didn't have enough food in the summer because my mom she had she worked as an aide so then in the summer mm-hmm. we didn't have her paycheck so stuff was more dire than normal right and i was like if we don't have fucking food to eat how you know oh yeah our air conditioning is gonna get fixed mm-hmm. like you know yeah. like for fucking real and then i think that just stems over into now where and i'm about I, oh i've lost count 40 something times a day that i'm putting my hand in front of the vent to make sure it feels cold mm-hmm. it's obsessive so it's a great time and then you're just cranky and you're sticky when you come in from outside mm-hmm. from like running errands running errands is the word. number one my my air conditioning is not blowing cold so i'm dying in my car but i'm also not driving long enough for it to like cool down enough yeah period because everything i go is very close together mm-hmm so then you come home, 
and like you're fucking sticky, sweaty, disgusting. I don't want to pee in a public restroom, period, but definitely not during the summer because it's like breathing <laughs> in like water, you know? And then you get the whole, um, the toilet seat sticks to your ass. <laughs> you know? And so then mm. Tim can probably hear it from across the house. So then I go to stand up and the toilet's because Ding. I'm fucking sticky and this it initially sticks to my legs and then it falls down. <laughs> it's like they don't make them the same. Do you remember when we were kids, a toilet seat could be a fucking murder weapon? <laughs> but not anymore. No. They're fucking lightweight bullshit. They're cheap, they're, yeah. yeah, they're bullshit. So it just sticks to you. Oh, it's just a terrible time of year. <laughs> so anyways, I basically live in a swimsuit. I'm in a swimsuit right now. Mm-hmm. Tim comes home and I'm just wearing a swimsuit. Yep. It's just how I survive. I ain't mad. I am um, more power to the people that can walk around naked, but like even in my own home alone, can't do it. <laughs> I like my shit neatly tucked in. <laughs> so it's not an option for me. So I just wear a swimsuit like I am right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, so that was uh, more than you need to know, but um, it's summer and it sucks and I wanted mm. to vent about it. Yep. Corrections Corner. What was it? Two episodes ago when I talked about boxcar children? Yes. I had a middle of the night moment. Where I was like, ah, oh, I fucked up. When I said that there's the restaurant that had the orange sauce because it had the ketchup and mustard mixed together. Mm-hmm. That's Babysitter's Club. <laughs> Another wonderful <laughs> series, childhood series. Uh, but that is Babysitter's Club. So what is it? Like the Boxer Children is like, what, the fucking 40s? Something they like have that, fast yeah. food restaurant. Like I was like, yeah, idiot. That's not, that's not the Boxcar Children, you silly goose. Man. I think the... Uh... God, what would the name be for like boxcar children fans? Yeah, they always have like names for the fandom. Those, <laughs> those boxcar heads really uh, were probably already writing emails. Um, nobody caught it, and I haven't heard from anybody. But I think that goes to show just how deep my um, obsession was with literary food mentions. <laughs> because even that was babysitters called, and I remember, yeah, because it, it was yeah, because one of them was paid to go on vacation with the family. Mm-hmm. And they talk about going to that restaurant. And I also remember she was diabetic. And I remember okay. the dad offering her a cheese Danish and her explaining why she couldn't have the cheese Danish. See, I remember all the things food. <laughs> it was just the wrong childhood series. But I wanted to correct that. You're very brave for admitting that over the airwaves. I don't want my reputation to be at stake for inaccurate <laughs> reporting. So I need to let the people know. <laughs> Babysitter's Club people, do you remember the orange sauce? <laughs> Okay, um, also last episode, I was so caught up on talking about being number four and being episode 50, I forgot to mention that we'd hit one million plays. Yeah. By now, we're 1.3 million. Yep. <laughs> so it's gone fast. It's crazy. <laughs> um, and, you know, just because I went on about um, the heat and toilet seats and orange sauce and cheese Danish, <laughs> maybe I'll save a post office story for the end. Mm-hmm. about how i was afraid mildred's cover was being blown <laughs> so oh. stick around for the end if you want to hear that one that story to this day is for one of my favorite things that we've talked about on this podcast it's a horrifying day for me cashmere i haven't seen her in a long i I'm, i fear cashmere's gone yeah especially because i think the person i had the situation with in this story might be her replacement Damn. It's a new f- I haven't seen her, and this is a new face, so I'm just speculating. Damn. And I would R. take her back any day. R.I.P. Cashmere. So you got to remind me. Hopefully I don't forget. Um, remind me that the we have a post office okay. story at the end. Okay. 
actual episode is called Duggar's Bold Over, and it premiered September 8th, 2009. And the episode begins with the talking head of Michelle being asked how many birthdays they have a month. And she says, oh, or she says every month, sometimes two, three, and four times in a month. Depends on the month. And she says that we just party, party, party all the time. My girl likes to party all the time. Sorry. So when I think of party, I definitely think of the Duggars. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's Pringle cans all over the house. Oh, yeah. They're like wasted off of like, <laughs> what would they drink? Pickle juice? I don't know. <laughs> so now it cuts to Lego washing his hands and he's wishing James a happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And we get a real good shot of the cell phone belt clip. Yep. And I was like, oh, he's really got it prominent while they're still in the house. <laughs> um, Cannon describes James as a very energetic little guy and just usually a big old smile on his face and just loves life. He's a little creepy. A little bit. <laughs> um, and that he loves to keep all of us very busy keeping up with him. She didn't mention his love of chicken. Notice that? It's like she doesn't even know the kid. <laughs> so um, that's their Jamesy bug. Jamesy bug, yep. So they're getting ready to head out to have pizza and go bowling for his birthday celebration. But besides being of a year older, James gets yet another big rite of passage. Mm-hmm. He gets to be miked for the day since yep. it's like his day and he's mm-hmm. really excited about it. <laughs> He's like under a table and Jim Bob's trying to get him out. He's like, they got a mic you. And then he's like pops out and he's yeah. like ready for being. <laughs> he was like hiding behind the shoe bins or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Is he the one? Sorry to go back. A long time ago, we talked about how there was like. Can you hear that? A little bit. Um, Where he was like, didn't you say it was like an old cameraman or something that they were like, he used to kind of. Like, do weird shits animals? Yeah, that's what the AMA said. Everybody, you know, everybody takes it with a grain of salt, but yes, that's what they said. Okay. Yep, it was him. I mean, he he is a little creepy, and I can just see, like, he's just kind of like, all the time. I could see him kind of being that way. Like, it doesn't seem out of character. Mm -hmm. And again, we saw the way he treated that pig, so. Yeah. Just saying. It's true. All right. Um, So the Duggars arrive at Fastlane. And they rent 10 lanes. Um, James' shoes don't fit. And he's like pissy about it. And he's yeah. like, oh, they yeah. hurt me. Or like, I can't, I didn't even write down exactly what he said, but he's kind of like cranky pants about it. Yeah. But um, I will say the biggest shock of the entire episode was the fact that he actually went to Cannon for help about it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, he didn't like run to Jan or Jill. <laughs> And she sends him to the counter. She's like, go ask him for a size one. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm not getting up from here. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying at a certain age you can't teach your kid independence, but everything through her is like a lens of like, you don't do anything. So it just is different. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel like another mom, you'd be like, okay, they're like teaching them to go ask mm-hmm. adults for the, and then it's just, but you're just like, oh, you, <laughs> there she goes again. So the Duggars haven't really bowled before, and when the teenager, like the boy, the teenage boy, and his very of the time haircut, by the way, yep, um, that works there, he's kind of setting them up, and he asks who's bowled before, and there's just a few of them that raise their hands. Mm-hmm. Which seems like that would be a, 
an activity they would have done. You know what I mean? Like the idea that most of them hadn't even done it. Like that seems like an activity that's Bowling like, is expensive though. Yeah, that's true. So I could see that that being a little pricey for for I, a cheap I skate. miss a good cosmic bowling. We should Dude, go cosmic we've never bowling. been bowling together. Yeah. All these years we've never been bowling together. I yeah. love bowling. And I think we should go to Let It Roll Bowl because it's all vintagey. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It gets a little sketch at night, but it's very vintagey. <laughs> Um, and yeah, they are pretty bad. Like, Joy drops the ball behind her bad. Uh-huh. So, yep. just to paint the picture of what we're working <laughs> with here. And we just watch a really long montage of them sucking, and Cannon says, I thought their lanes were lopsided or something, because you'd throw it, and you'd think it's going down the center. This one's going to be a strike, and it just went totally different. <laughs> So they end up having the bumpers put up, and they still suck. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because, you know, the bumpers don't go all the way to the pins. Like, there's still space where you could get it in the gutter at the very end. And they would throw it, and it would, like, ride it. And then at the last Fall second, off. it would go, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. So there's a funny part where Ginger doesn't want to take her turn until, like, the camera guy leaves. Mm-hmm. And one of the guests there, a girl I don't recognize, is like, she doesn't want to do it till you leave. And she's like, I'm not doing it. Like, she's, she's like, you got to go. And so Soundman Jim, he um, kind of goes next to Ginger, and he's trying to show her how to do it. Mm-hmm. And she goes, and it looks like she might, she might get something. And then at the very end, it like <laughs> goes right. And then you're thinking, oh, maybe she'll get one on the right, and then mm-hmm. she gets nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. like it was like center, center, center. Okay, she's gonna get one at the end. Nothing. But on her second term, she redeems herself a little bit, and she gets all but three. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, they suck. <laughs> and Joy, she gets salty. Oh, yeah. In fact, I'd say we get a Joy sass square. <laughs> we haven't gotten that one in a while. So a little Joy sass. I found it right away, too. Look, I'm doing pretty good today <laughs> for the two squares so far. So Joy sass because she says... Look at that. That is called cheating. Look what Johanna does. All she does is push it down the little rack. So she's salty as fuck at the kitty bowling. <laughs> Her competitive side is really hanging out. Mm-hmm. When you're 11 and you're accusing the four-year-old of cheating. <laughs> um, surprised she didn't go in on Jennifer, too, because they showed Jennifer with it, binky and all. And it's like... <laughs> Are you not, just Johanna? Is Jennifer going right. to get a little fucking salt <laughs> as well? Oh, man. A pop-up says that that day they bowled a collective 200 gutter balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Cousin Famey shows up, and man, I feel like it could be a segment. Fashions of Famey? Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Fashions of Famey. There are times where her clothes just like seriously just transport me back in time to my senior year early 20s and she's wearing a very simple outfit she's wearing like a yellow v-neck that has like a pocket and it's something i'd still wear to this day because it's very simple but it's like the layering and i also wore a lot of yellow and actually a lot of green back at that time period and then her jeans look like the paris blues i'd buy from charlotte Russe. Mm-hmm. they're just taking me back yep so things are yeah, things are finally starting to look up and their playing gets a little bit better. At one point, Cannon thinks she threw another 
like bad one and she turns around before it's over before it's even gotten to the end and she starts to say i can't do it but then it ends up being a strike mm-hmm. so lego walks over and gives her a tight-lipped kiss of congratulations so we got another square And immediately after that, Michelle gets another strike and she is shocked, like both hands on the face, shocked, Mm -hmm. saying, I cannot believe that. Like she's just like beside herself. Yep. And this time, Boob really means it with the congratulations. (laughs) Because instead of a tight-lipped kiss, this time she gets a thumbs up. (laughs) More specifically, a thumbs up that's out and shook a little. Mm-hmm. I don't. How would you describe? It? Like, I don't know if he's shaking. I don't know, but it's like there's it's emphasis. Yeah. Like he's moving it around. Um. So that's kind of it for bowling. Um. But yeah, you used to go bowling. We've never been. We've been together 14 years. And we've never been bowling together. Yeah. When did we you used to go? Like when I was in school. We used to go like short days off or short day like school days and stuff like that. It wasn't a lot, but. And then I feel like groups in groups I was in in school used to go there too. It was like their their things, they group activities. You know what I mean? One of the years I was in high school, God, what year was it? Sophomore, or junior year? I don't know. One of the years I was in high school, I took a semester where half the semester was like not criminal justice. No, no, no. Half the semester was driver's ed, which I took that class so I could do that instead of having to go take my take it at the dmv i just had to drive with the teacher like mm-hmm. he could sign off so yeah. half your semester it wasn't enough to fill a whole semester so they divided the semester in half so half of it and by the same teacher dmv driver's ed first half and then the mm-hmm. second half was recreational sports wow <laughs> and we went bowling <laughs> we'd pile on a bus because it was an hour and a half class right we'd meet over there pile on a bus and we'd go fucking bowl it's not like he graded like we literally just bowled and wow. it was a part of like just class and me and my friend that had the class together we would order mozzarella sticks and like <laughs> just bowl i was like what a way to spend a morning you know wow. eating mozzarella sticks at the bowling alley at like 9 a.m <laughs> all right so now we see lego and james or um jamesy bug they're walking in a parking lot and james says like he's just got a very like why are we here like you know yeah he seemed really confused <laughs> And Lego has brought him to pick out a bike to get it, you know, brand new even. New, yep. And Lego asks what color he'd like and James says pink. No, like as a joke. But we know that if he were serious, Lego would not allow that kind of sissy shit. So no. never. Um, Not too much to report. Watching him test out bikes and try on a bunch of helmets. Mm-hmm. He ends up going with a white black and orange bike very fashionable i loved the feeling of getting a new bike like i got i think two bikes like new brand new bikes in my life there was something about it being a kid and getting like a new bicycle which was awesome i got a brand new one in first grade for christmas and it was way too big for me (laughs) and so falling off of it was terrifying (laughs) i drove i I drove it. I rode it into like teenager. It was way too big for me. I can't even begin to tell wow. you how way too big it was for me. <laughs> but it was a huffy. Yeah. Um, Lego is trying really hard to say something profound. 
like he does, where he feels the need to like fill space and time, and I don't mm-hmm. know. So he says, you know, James, you're only turn eight once. Today's your special day. It seems like I was eight yesterday, but it's been a few years ago now. And that's it. It's very profound. Little robotic, and he kind of like pats his head a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there Trying you go. Trying to create a moment. Now we see the whole family arriving at Deanna's house. Amy's mom for anyone who needs a refresher. And they're there to celebrate both her and James's birthday because their birthdays are just one day apart. Which means we're coming up on both their birthdays in like three days. <laughs> on that note. So Lego says, quote, Amy has a tendency to get things for our family that are kind of noisy and messy because she hasn't been around that many children besides ours. And she loves getting things that kind of make a mess. Probably just to kind of aggravate me some. So do you think that this does an Amy going fame? Like a Amy going fame square? Kind of, yeah. So I the thing so. about that, I, I feel like there, I have two definitions for Amy going fame. There's when she's faming, like seeking attention. Mm-hmm. And then I also think there's kind of like a secondary where she's sort of doing her job. Which, to be the kind of antagonist to yeah. Jim Bob? Would you, or do you think it's just straight up when she's faming? I don't know. I think both of those are accurate. So. I think they both count. All right. So I'm going to say there's two definitions to Famey going fame. Okay. So Famey got silly string and they're all outside and even grandma is in on it. Yeah. So we saw her, you know, kind of uh, skate that one time. She's in on the silly string. She's so, getting out there. Wilding out. Yep. Grandma. Duggar's gone wild, remember? You know? Oh, yeah, that's true. Duggar. That was Duggar gone yeah. wild. Um, so she also got noisemakers, and the little kids won't stop. And we see Jessa flop on the couch and cover her ears. And then later she says, Amy, I'm guessing those no- noisemakers were your idea. <laughs> and then Deanna is kind of just talking to the camera, and she says, it's special. I mean, I only have one child, so it's special having all the nieces and nephews. And Michelle and Jim Bob are just wonderful people. It's weird to see her again after the the documentary. Yeah. Just because she was very, like... I feel like her part in the documentary was kind of, like, sad in a way. Because she was very much kind of, like, regretful about a lot of things. So it's interesting seeing them like in this interaction where they're still like close, you know. I think it was funny to see her in the documentary versus her online presence because she she acted like an adult <laughs> in the documentary. But okay. she, like online, she does a lot of like, and what about this? Hmm, 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 hmm. Uh, like it gets a little like it gets a little much where you're just like. All right. Like, yeah. you're, you're saying it in a way that is attention-y. Right. And, like, over the top instead of just saying the thing. But I'm like, in the documentary, she acted like an adult. <laughs> like, she did, <laughs> like, you know, did it well. Yeah. Um. So, in a voiceover, Michelle says Lego and Deanna are really close and have been their whole lives. And that she was the perfect big sister and look always looking out for him. Then Deanna says... Well, Terry and I knew each other a long time ago, and I got pregnant with Amy, and so we dated each other on and off for quite some time, and then we finally decided, you know what? We need to get married. 
So we got married, and we've been been together three years. And then it cuts to Terry saying, They're fun, you know. They're all well behaved. I like seeing them eat. I like seeing them eat and be happy. Yeah, they come over all the time, and it's good seeing them. He was weird. It's the, I like seeing them eat. I like, like, I, yeah. <laughs> I, okay, I get it. Some people are not good with coming up with something on the fly to like talk to the camera. And I want right. to, you know, in that moment, you want to believe that's it. But not just like, yeah, we like hanging out with them. It's like, I like seeing them eat. It's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. It's just a weird comment. I'm not saying he's weird. Um, I like seeing them eat. <laughs> <laughs> And after having cupcakes and ice cream, they sit down to watch their show because it happens to be a Tuesday night and they often go over to their house to watch the show since they don't have TV. We actually heard it mentioned one other time previously. I remember Joy kind of saying it. Uh, and the episode ends with a talking head of James being asked if he feels older and he says, no, I have to be 20 until I feel older. Which was like a pretty, like, it was a little kid thing to say. It was, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Kind of it for that episode. Yeah, it was a little, it was kind of fillery. A little bit. We only got four squares. I'm, the best I got was three cross, including a free space. You could have gotten one ginger face. There was a couple of ginger faces that I noted during bowling, but... Yeah, there wasn't, I even told Whitney, I'm like, usually I have these like half notepads that I use to take my notes and like. He wrote three things. I, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it for bold, being bold over. So considering today we saw the family over at Deanna and Terry's house toward the end of the episode. Today, we're going to dig into Terry and Deanna, and in turn, a little into Amy's childhood. So, as we know, Deanna was the firstborn of Mary and J.L. Duggar, born on July 8th, 1962, and she's three years older than Jim Bob. Oh, that was one thing I didn't say in that last episode, but, like, he kept being like, you're three years older than me. We're doing the hands out. You know when he gestures and he does, like, the really, really (laughs) wide, spread-fingered open hand and, like, Mm -hmm. uh, you're three years older than me, and uh, I'm fixing to be 44. And she's like, thanks. And then he does it again later, and he's like, yep. uh, and she's going to be, uh, after he calls her 39. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, oh, she's three years older than me, and she's fixing to be, uh, I'm fixing to be 44. And she's like, and you did it again. It's yeah. like, <laughs> so anyway. social man. <laughs> she's three years older than him, if he didn't make that abundantly clear. So, because we've discussed Lego's home life back in episode 31, in turn, we've discussed Deanna's already. But just to recap, they were very poor with Grandpa Duggar doing various things over the years to make money. But overall, it was pretty unstable in that sense. Deanna became interested in music and singing at a very young age, writing her very first song at the age of seven. And then by nine years old, she was participating in various singing contests in their area. Interesting. When it comes to the topic of religion, as we've discussed previously, it was Mary that the one that was, she was the one that was more into it. Mm-hmm. JL wasn't really involved. Maybe if they put ketchup on it, they would have, <laughs> you know. So they attended a Baptist church where Deanna enjoyed singing in the church choir. 
When it came to schooling, unlike Lego, who attended, uh, attended Shiloh Christian School from sixth grade through the high school, you know, end of high school mm-hmm. graduation, Deanna attended regular old public school. Ick. Considering Lego was a part of their very first graduating class and Deanna being three years older, I imagine that was the reason why. Like, they, Right, yeah. I think they did like with my school where like... They started and bring you all the way through. Mm -hmm. But even though she went to a secular, dirty word, high school, she still had plenty restrictions placed on her due to their religious beliefs. She couldn't wear jeans for a period of time. She couldn't attend dances and she wasn't allowed to be a cheerleader. Worth noting, since we're talking about high school years, in Shiny Happy People, we heard Jim Holt say how he and Lego first went to a Bill Gothard seminar together through a church trip as mm-hmm. teens. Expanding on that just a little, Deanna once stated in an Instagram post, quote, For the record, I was not raised in IBLP. My mother encouraged my brother and I to go to some conferences, but I never believed in it. I thought IBLP had some different beliefs. Mm-hmm. Now my mother loved it. I just want to note that every single sentence of that ended in an exclamation point. (laughs) Every single one. Um, Sometimes up to three exclamation points, (laughs) which is how many of her posts are punctuated, actually. I don't think the woman fucking knows what a period is. (laughs) She's fast and loose (laughs) with the exclamation points. Like, seriously, I want people to go look at her Instagram and you'll see what I'm talking about. She's fucking yelling everything. <laughs> and I got really excited when I was going through her Instagram and I found a post that had a period. And so I got really excited. And mm-hmm. it, you can tell that she does that thing where you type up something on Facebook and then screenshot it. Oh, Because yeah. it has like the backgrounds, like the mm-hmm. hearts or whatever. Yeah. So that was the photo. And that, that was like a sentence. And that was the photo. And it had a period. And I got really excited. And then no fucking joke though. The caption kid you not had like 20 it said amen with like 20 exclamation points so completely negated the original period right i was like never mind got me all excited any hoozle so the next part i'm not entirely sure where it lands on her life's timeline but i'm guessing it was post high school but pre-amy okay so i'm inserting it here her love of music and singing led her to being a part of TBN's choir and praise team. Ooh, interesting. As well as a cast member in some of their special musical dramas. <laughs> like, don't, don't you feel like Famie should have been a drama kid? I think so. Maybe I don't know. She she's was just a- that, like, she's that person in a group that's just, like, chaotic for attention. That's what it seems like, like in a lot of these. Yeah. Wouldn't it be crazy if we just blah, blah, blah? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So later, Deanna met Terry Jordan at his job. And Tim, have you ever heard this phrase in your life? Free loan library. I've never heard that term in my life. Yeah. I I even looked it up, like free loan library, and nothing definitive came up. Like it kept telling me about like libraries. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, I know what a library, but I've just never heard free loan library in my life. Like, is it just a regular library and somebody just decides that's what they're calling it? (laughs) I have no idea. Either way, that's where Terry worked. If anybody knows what a free loan library is, let us know. 
that's where Terry worked, and that's where they started talking. And like mentioned in today's episode, she ends up getting pregnant with Amy. Personally, I blame the public schooling. <laughs> well, yeah. Before we get into all that, I want to sidestep for just a second and give the very little background about Terry that I could find. Terry was born in California, and his family moved to Arkansas when he was five years old. From what I could find in records, it looks like he was a football player and president of his junior class. Okay. Can't speak to any other years, but what I found about him being president of the junior class, it all aligns with the dates and pictures and things that would line up with when I know the year he graduated, like, you know, being like the year before. Okay. So now back to where we were. Deanna gives birth to Amy on September 30th of 1986. So this makes Deanna like 24-ish. Okay. So while not super young, she's still unmarried and pregnant. So I'm sure that came with a a fair amount of shame, judgment, and scandal. Right. Considering their strict Baptist background. And at that point, Lego and Cannon were two years into their own marriage. And at the time where they were getting into the IBLP financial seminars and all that jazz. So I'm sure they were judging the shit out of her. Of course. So, yeah. So even though they had a baby together, initially Deanna and Terry were not together as a couple, which is pretty well illustrated in a couple of ways. First, there's a family photo with newborn Amy that, of course, includes Deanna. Then it also has Grandma, Grandpa, Jim, Bob, and Michelle. Noticeably absent is Terry. Right. Now, it's true that they might be the type that if you're not married, you don't get to be in the family picture, you know, like type. Mm-hmm. I know some people are like that. But either way, it sounds as if they weren't together at the time of Amy's birth, which more on that later. Oh, also, um, I know we all call her Famy, and I mean, we have our reasons. <laughs> we have our reasons for giving her that name. Yeah. But a lot of people have said, like, talked about, like, Amy using the Duggar name for recognition. But by all accounts I found, it's, I mean, it seems like she's gone by Duggar her entire life, mm-hmm. which I think is attributed to her parents not being together when she was born. Right. And her mom being the one who primarily raised her. She did briefly try going by Jordan, like when she was a little bit older, it seemed. Mm-hmm. But it's not like she went by Jordan her entire life and then suddenly started going by Duggar because of their notoriety. Correct. Yeah. She'd always been Duggar. So that's not a way that she's faming. Other ways, yes, but that one doesn't no. seem like it. No. Another way we know that he wasn't really a part of those early years of Amy's life is through several of Amy's social media posts, particularly ones that are sort of tributes for holidays, like Mother's Day and International Women's Day. Several times, Amy references how Deanna worked the graveyard shift at a hospital when she was a baby so that she could be home with Amy during the day, and how Grandma Mary watched her at night while Deanna worked. She says things like, quote, it was always just the three of us and other similar sentiments. So no mention of Terry <laughs> right. is my point. Another way that we know that they weren't really together during those early years of Amy's life is through record of Terry out there porking other women. Okay. Which you might be wondering how there's evidence of this. Like, how the hell do we know who some random-ass nobody 
is sleeping with back in the 90s. <laughs> but that's because back in 1992, he was sued by a woman who he she said he had had sex with on December 4th of 1991. In her lawsuit, she claimed he gave her genital herpes, specifically stating, quote, Terry Jordan willfully engaged in sexual intercourse, knowing at the time of the sexual intercourse that he was a carrier of the herpes simplex virus. Wow. Kind of funny that she can go, oh, yeah, my dad was porking this lady on December. Right. <laughs> December 4th can, of 1991. Yeah. Like, it's just funny to have this, like, record. Like, It's wild. So not only did she suffer, of course, physical outbreaks, but she also claimed extreme emotional distress distress from getting contracting the condition. Okay. As a result, she was seeking ready for this? One million dollars wow. in damages. Damn. <laughs> Which is a lot for it's a lot now. It's a lot in nineteen ninety two. Right. It's like over two million by today's standards. Damn. So which I'm, which I'm saying, okay, if he gave it to her, that's really fucking shitty. But either way, that number threw me off. (laughs) It seems like a staggering amount. Yeah. So Terry admitted, yeah, they had unprotected sex. But that a doctor found no signs of herpes during a recent examination. Hmm. So Terry described their sexual relationship as ongoing. At that when she left his home on the night in question... She, quote, departed with a smile on her face. <laughs> it's weird. Ick. <laughs> TMI. It's just weird to put that in like a legal document. She departed with a smile on her face, which is kind of funny because she's not saying she's not saying he raped her or anything, you know, like or that she didn't enjoy it. Right. She's saying he gave me a disease. So her walking out that night, maybe with the smile on her face, I doubt it. He's thinking real highly of himself. But even then, it's like, that's not it's not really relevant, sir. Yeah, but it's, whatever. It's... Kind of funny, though, because despite Terry denying this claim up and down, he refused to submit a blood test, which would put an end to this. Right. So she, the plaintiff, she also failed to answer medical questions demanded by Terry and his lawyer. And ultimately, the case ended up being dismissed on December 8th of 1992. So just over a year after the initial porking. Wow. She ended up not showing up to a court date. So instead of Terry having to pay a million (laughs) dollars, which I doubt would have happened anyway, (laughs) he actually got awarded $500. All that for $500. I mean, she she got nothing. She got, she had to pay 500. Got herpes, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. She did get something. (laughs) Yeah, she got something out of the ordeal. (laughs) She definitely did. You're right. I stand corrected. Um, All I can think of, though, is how horrified Lego and Cannon had to be when they heard the story. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm sure Cannon was clutching those pearls, like, (laughs) so tight. Or if it was today, or as in today, as in, like, the episodes today. Would she be clutching her um, blue and white puka shells? Yeah, there you go. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, clutch those pukas. Back then would have been like a bib dress. Yeah, <laughs> clutching the bib. <laughs> yeah, clutch that bib. All uh, <laughs> it's funny. Um, so that case dismissal was in December of 1992. Now I'm going to take us to just three weeks or so later, 
New Year's Day of 1993. Deanna was driving home from dinner with the six-year-old Amy in the back seat, and she was going over a bridge on Interstate 40 when she hit a patch of ice. Her car spun out, and they were hit by another car, which caused Deanna to be ejected from the vehicle. Damn. As she was laying on the road, a woman came over and threw herself over her body in protection. And it gets worse. Because as she was laying there, Deanna was run over by another car. Oh my god. She said, quote, I felt the tire go over my leg. I saw the bone come out. Oof. She said she was in complete shock, but just kept thinking that she didn't want to die that day. So despite having a leg that was broken in two places with bone poking out, a cracked pelvis, and a cracked collarbone, somehow Deanna managed to crawl across the street. Holy shit. Where someone was finally able to call an ambulance and get her help. Damn. Fucking amazing, right? Yeah. As for the woman that threw herself over Deanna, she suffered a broken ankle from the impact. So I think that she threw herself over her and then the car was coming. And I don't know if she like went off of Deanna and then the car hit or if she was still holding on to her and it hit, ran over her leg and she was still right there. That part's kind of unclear, but yeah. So she had her own broken things from the situation. Holy shit. Amy, still sitting in the backseat of the car, managed to only suffer a few bumps and bruises. A A woman who saw Amy in the car alone pulled her out and dropped her off at the hospital. Amy said that the woman said, quote, it's going to be okay, sweet girl, and that she didn't sign any papers at the hospital and that they never heard from her again. She just dropped her off and left. Damn. Because it's such a crazy story, it got picked up by several news outlets. Of course. Including none other than Pat Robertson's The 700 Club. Oh, full circle. The story was featured in a December 1998 episode, which included interviews with Deanna, Amy, and Grandma Mary. Wow. Do you think TBN blacklisted Deanna after that? (laughs) She had been one of theirs, and then suddenly she's on the other team show? Yeah. She's on the... Switching networks, not good. Judas. It's like when you see, like, news people that are on one channel forever, and then they go to another one. It's weird. Yeah. So now I want to transition a little into talking about Amy's childhood. As far as schooling goes, she did initially go to public school. Then at some point, which I'm not entirely sure when, but at some point she ended up transferring to Shiloh Christian. Oh. Her uncle Jim Bob's alma mater. Legacy. She's a legacy. So just a little side note because I love making tiny connections. If you remember back in Shiny Happy People, where Amy said that she would sneak off into the cow pastures and go across the field during recess to go visit her cousins, Mm -hmm. that totally tracks because that means that would have been at the time that she was attending Shiloh. Because if you remember when we talked about it before, remember when they were in that house and he was like, well, the church bought it and they, they gave us an extension, whatever. And then I was like, he never mentions that it's his childhood church, his childhood church that was started his school, the church that he and (laughs) Michelle got married in. Right. But it makes sense because that was right part of the property that they were buying from them. That's why their house is being knocked down because they were buying it to expand. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that Amy was 
at school just over a field right. at recess and then her fam you know her cousins are right across the field so makes sense it all tracks so more on amy's childhood um not really sure the exact timeline of this but it sounds like unfortunately deanna suffered from some depression and it had an, an effect on amy as one imagines it could yeah amy said quote back in the day my mother just had a really hard time and she was incapable of doing a lot of things that people take for granted. Okay. She also said there were times where she would write notes that said, I can't be your mom anymore. Hmm. And this is when she was on, and we'll talk about this more in depth down the road, but this is when she was on another like trashy reality show. <laughs> and, you know, they only show you bits and pieces of stuff they talked about, but then later they have reenacted, like, kid actors come in and act like their childhood them as a kid okay and at one point that the, it says something that alludes to like like a suicide note okay. it's really really brief what reality show was this marriage boot camp reality stars okay but so yeah so i mean i feel like you can even pick up the clues where it's i can't be your mom anymore yeah but I, I'm just not coming outright and saying, like, it was for sure a suicide note. But I'm just saying that in the show, that's kind of what it sounded like it was alluding to. Of course. But I'm going to leave some space for uncertainty. Yeah. But either way, clearly Deanna was struggling. Yeah. And um, Amy said, like, notes like that traumatized her. Which, um, yeah, they would. Yeah, no kidding. Like, it's not, I'm not saying it's on the same level exactly. I mean, my mom clearly had very bad depression and mm -hmm. she actually only started getting treated for she's in her 70s and just barely started getting treated for it a few years ago right and she very clearly had it my entire childhood and she told me stuff about wanting to jump out of the car and stuff like that mm -hmm. um but when i was a kid when i was probably like second grade again um my mom was she has asthma and she went through a period of time where it was like super bad and she was, like, coughing constantly. It would keep the whole house up at night because <laughs> she was constantly <laughs> coughing. She couldn't breathe. She was always wheezing. And I remember there was a particularly bad time, like, bad bout of it. And I sat in bed with her all day because I was just so concerned. Right. And I remember my dad coming home and my mom, like, telling him, I'm dying. And people could probably hear that and think that my mom was being like, I'm dying. Like, this isn't when you choke on water and go, oh, I'm dying. Right. Like, she was telling my dad, I'm dying. And my mm -hmm. dad didn't do anything. And he was just like, okay. But, like, as a little kid, I'm like, that was fucking traumatizing. Right. Like, the pain, like, the fear that that, like, mm -hmm. like instilled in me. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So, just when Amy was talking about that, I, I just kind of related to that in that moment mm -hmm. where I'm like, that's that's the type of shit that sticks with you. Oh, yeah. It's not just a one-time comment. Like, it fucking sticks with you as, like, this huge moment in your life. Right. I can't be your mom anymore. I'm dying. Like, those are... <laughs> yeah, those are hard things to hear. Yeah. So, again, um, I don't have any more details on that, just strictly going off of Amy's own words. I don't know if this was a chronic thing or just one particularly dark time. Yeah. But either way, um, I feel for Amy because it had to be a really heavy thing for a child to to handle, you know? Absolutely. So shifting the focus back to Deanna on a more positive note, as Amy got a little older, she began to pursue music more. 
she really leaned into the Christian country or gospel country, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And while I think that's probably a genre she would have found herself in anyway, <laughs> she was particularly drawn to it after her accident where she felt like God had spared her life. Copy. She wanted to make the best of it and seek everything out and kind of do ministry at the same time. Yeah. Makes sense. Some of the things she's done in her singing career were traveling with the Galloways and Joy Song. Neither of which mean fucking anything to me, but maybe they mean something to somebody listening. Right. All I know is the Galloways used to be called something else. And then it's like a husband and wife. I had to look these people up and I'm like, yep, nope, not ringing any bells. Because no. um, also Mormons don't listen to that type of stuff. Like Mormons don't um, participate in other Christian things. Like they don't like listen to the Christian stations and they don't right. watch all the Christian TV channels. Like they just mm-hmm. don't. They have their own stuff and they don't. Yeah. They don't venture out. So <laughs> all of that's n- has nothing to do with me. So I looked it up. Galloways looked like it was something else at one point, and there was a husband and wife, and then they added in their adult kid, and then they became the Galloway. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Maybe these are things to people, but not to me. She was also once part of a duo called Two Hearts and Him. Okay. Kind of like Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> a little less, slightly less hip-hop. Of course, just a little bit. Tiny bit. But the, the letter N, the two arts in him. In ah, him, see? Ah, okay. That's what I mean. So that duo looked like she was initially paired up with her friend Elaine, who apparently grew up next door to Deanna, and they sang together in the church choir and were like lifelong friends. Okay. Then at some point, it looked like the other half of that duo became a lady named Tammy Rogers. Not entirely sure what happened there, just there was a switch at some point. Deanna at one point was a frequent singer at the Tribute to John Denver show by James Garrett in Branson, Missouri. Oh. And I always see her and Amy being like, Branson is our favorite place to be. <laughs> um, she's also recorded her own albums, which we will see more of that kind of stuff in the future, but I just kind of wanted to lightly touch on it now. I don't feel like you could talk about Deanna's life and not talk about her music, but okay. some of that stuff we'll get into later. So as we heard... Um, Deanna saying today's episode, after years of dating off and on, she and Terry finally decided to get married on September 14th of 2006, when Amy was 19 years old. <laughs> so it was quite a bit later. And I gotta say, when you scroll Terry's old social media, he seems to have kind of enjoyed the little claim to fame of having that little Duggar connection. Okay. Or at least that's my takeaway from it. In July of 2010, he posted, Hello to all my friends on Facebook. I'm doing great. I've been painting a lot and working a lot. And yes, Amy Duggar is my beautiful daughter. Five exclamation points at the end. But every <laughs> sentence ends in an exclamation point. So match made in heaven, those two. Of course. We see we see why they uh, clicked. Punctuality, punctuality compatibility is important in a relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep. In December of 2011, he said, Jim, Bob, and Michelle, all my nieces and nephews are great people. They walk in a definite obedience to God. They are so grounded in their faith and God is working in their lives. They are an inspiration to everyone and to me included. Again, yelling the entire time. Of course. I just realized I said punctuality. That's when you're on time to things. Yeah, I noticed that and I thought you were making a joke. Yeah. Punctuation compatibility <laughs> is important in relationships. There we go. I thought you were making a joke. Second time's the charm. 
I laughed. See? Look. Yeah, it See? worked. Then, in April of 2012, he had a short article written about him and his art in The Examiner, which is also why I chose that first post to mention where he talks about painting a lot. Okay. So the article highlighted how he had begun painting eight years prior with his art focusing on Bible verses. He said, quote, I think my artwork is meaningful. I hope people can see God's plan in the big picture. He posted that article a few times. (laughs) Just a few. And then he followed up with posts like, here's a painting called Piano Verses. This picture is hanging in Michelle Duggar's living room. Okay. Not, hey, I gave this painting to my sister-in-law. Like, you know, <laughs> or he had to throw in like Michelle Duggar's living room. Drop that. Yeah. yeah. Which prompted questions from commenters like, are you related to the Duggars? Oh, my goodness. Which is precisely what he was working for. So right. it worked. And then I mean, I'm surprised like he's like, yeah, I'm related. And I like to watch them eat. <laughs> They're my family. And I like watching them eat. Um, And then just to round out some of Terry's very eager and not at all subtle Facebook posts. Okay. In August of 2013, he said, I love my wife and Amy and all the Duggars. No mention of his own family at all. (laughs) But the Duggars made the cut. Okay. He just name dropped it as often as he could. Jeez. Like, and there's like a random... Like, random, you could tell, the funny thing about looking at his social media, you could see when he was on for, like, three days. And Uh then there would be, like, long periods of time. And any time he was on in that three, four-day period, he had to name drop as much as possible. So, you'd be randomly scrolling, and he'd be like, happy birthday, Josiah Duggar. (laughs) And then no other child, because it's in a time event inactivity. But it's like, I'm on here. Who, which, and it's going to be a Duggar's birthday. Right. I mean, his chances are high, yeah. Like Michelle said. Three, sometimes four months. <laughs> Still on the subject of his social media, Terry's was chock full of photos of Amy up until about 2014. Okay. Amy's own Instagram featured her dad pretty regularly <clears throat> from 2012 into kind of like early 2015. Really being at its peak in 2013, 2014. With including photos of him or mentioning their outings and activities together, even going so far as to call them two peas in a pod. Okay. Terry's social media presence dropped off entirely in November of 2014. But we all know Amy's is still very active, so (laughs) why did she stop posting about him? Yeah. Because after nine-ish years of marriage, Terry and Deanna divorced in 2015 when Amy was 29 years old. Um, And she herself, side note, had just been married a little over three months at that point. Okay. So, nine years of marriage, what he says is like 20-something-odd years together. When he, like, they mentioned, like, oh, yeah, we've been together. Like, at one point, he was like, "Um, this many years married, but 20, you know, all together. When I did the math, it's like he's almost claiming, like, they were dating in, like, 94, 95. Okay. If you just do that math, I'm. I think he's just kind of honestly. I think he's just throwing out a number. I don't think it's <laughs> really accurate. Yeah. But it was actually Terry who filed for divorce on December twenty first, citing the day before as the date of separation. In a later Instagram post, Deanna described it as a surprise divorce. Wow. When stating his reason for filing, it said, "Quote: 
the defendant has treated the plaintiff with such indignities as to render his condition in life intolerable. Yeesh. Okay. Usually you at least hear the standard like irreconcilable irreconcilable differences, differences, but he made sure he got in a good jab with that one. Maybe her singing was that bad. Intolerable. It made his life Mm -hmm. intolerable. It also stated that prior to filing, they had already divided their debts and property to both of their satisfaction. And it spoke of how they had resided together off and on over the course of their nine-year marriage. So their dating relationship was very off and on, as Deanna said herself. Mm -hmm. And even in marriage, it sounded pretty much the same. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't sound like it was ever very stable. Hmm. Amy, um, she found out about the filing via text message from her father on Christmas Day. Oh, Merry Christmas. Yep. And she was just like, we just had my mom over that day and like let her cry and just, you know, like and hung out and like whatever. Wow. But yeah, happy happy Christmas. And it was, and it's kind of sucks. It's her first Christmas as a married woman too. And it's like, oh, cool. Just shit all over my fucking Christmas. Thanks, right. dad. It sucks. Initially, Amy did seem sad about it, saying she was devastated that it hit her hard, and that it's sad that they can't be a team, and how she hoped they could work out their differences and learn how to forgive the past. But also, little by little, little bits of the reality started to come out too. Okay. Saying things like, quote, They've had a roller coaster relationship for as long as I can remember. I've been the mediator between them instead of just being their daughter. Mm. I was also the counselor. Damn. Then, over the course of the next year or so, even more of the reality of their situation came to light. She talked of how her parents fought a lot her entire childhood. So I I take that as because they're off and on, but maybe even when they're not, just like not together, just kind Mm -hmm. of volatile all the time. So she said that they fought a lot and she was always stuck in the middle and that sometimes she would even sleep on the trampoline at night. Just to get out of the house and away from the fighting. Damn. And then the abuse came out. She said, quote, I grew up in a very hostile environment. If I didn't put the cereal box in the pantry the right way, it would be thrown in a tree. In a tree is interesting. Hmm. Um, My mom and I walked on eggshells and lived in fear of what might happen next. Damn. She also detailed the time that her dad was, her own words, (laughs) watching her. Which, th- that's to me, is like when people say that, like, oh, yeah, like, the dad is babysitting the kid. I'm like, it's not babysitting when it's your own child. When, it's your own child, when yeah. you're a parent. <laughs> so, I mean, these are her words watching her, but I'm just like, I hate that. It's like, it's, you're not mm-hmm. watching her when you're the child. It's the same. The, you're being a parent. Like, it's not watching. Yeah. Anyways, um, so her dad was watching her when she was six. And he asked her if she'd brushed her teeth. And she said, yes. And he told her, no, you didn't. And then picked her up by her throat and up into the air. And he said, you will brush your teeth. And when she was saying it, she said it was like, you will brush your teeth. And he was like holding her up in the air. Damn. And she said, quote, I was scared shitless. Damn. We can also see that this this is clearly a pattern of behavior with a paper trail. So let's rewind it back to 1992. So this is the part in the show where 
it would all go black and white and it would go right yeah Yeah. for people that remember vhs's (laughs) in july of 1992 deanna filed a restraining order against terry she stated quote he said he was going to kick my ass if i didn't allow him to see redacted but it was referring to five-year-old amy okay and she continued he has not paternal routes well, root. Okay, so she spelled it roots or routes, like R O U T E S. Okay. But she clearly meant roots, like R O O T S. Okay. And one article snarked on this, saying, "If you remove the spelling and grammar errors, Deanna com- Deanna's complaint reads that Jordan has no paternal roots, <laughs> <laughs> but he has not paternal roots." Okay. But he has not. That sounds a little like he has not. (laughs) It sounds like she was trying to be eloquent in a legal document. (laughs) So some media outlets took this and ran with it, claiming that he wasn't Amy's biological father. Okay. But both Deanne and Amy have never indicated anything besides him being her father. I think she was just referring to him not being present in her life up to that point. So like she felt like he had no rights. Right. So, I mean, she didn't word it great for sure or spell it right. or <laughs> like. So she didn't do that. You know, it wasn't done great. But I don't think she meant that he wasn't actually her father in Correct. any kind of way. Also included in that filing was further evidence from Deanna that this kind of behavior went even further back, saying, quote, I had just delivered Amy. Terry came into my hospital room and said I should kill you and the baby. The judge immediately granted the order of protection, prohibiting Terry from having any contact with either Deanna or Amy. Holy shit. But, this happens a lot, just three days later, Deanna herself requested dismissal. Which, why do you think that is? I just think it happens a lot. I think that things blow over, and then you're like, never mind, never mind. Right, And you, you know, like... Or the idea of having to deal with this yeah. for an extended period of time sounds exhausting. That's why I think for in a lot of things, it's never mind, never mind. Whatever the reason might be, it's just right. like... I just either, want to be done with it. Whether it's things are better now or never, I just don't even want to fucking deal. Right. Forget it. So following all of this coming out, Amy began talking about how she'd gone to therapy with Terry and had forgiven him. While also... But the only thing that's unclear to me... I'm not sure. I think I get the vibe that the therapy was before this all came out. Like okay. years ago. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, though. I don't think it happened after this all came out. Like when she was an adult and shit. Right. I think this was years prior. And that she was just like, no, 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 we're good. We've been to therapy over this. Mm. Um. So she says that they'd gone to therapy and that she'd forgiven him. While also sort of expressing that she'd wish she'd been not so public about it. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it was all on that TV show. Right. She indicated that they were trying to make amends in sort of a way and said, quote, I've got to realize that I've done everything and that I that I can possibly do and I've apologized. Wow. So, like I said, it was r- around this time that Amy stopped mentioning or posting, fo- you know, anything about her father or photos or anything at all. Right. And while he had been super thirsty and chatty on social media himself previously name dropping josiah you know and (laughs) michelle duggar's living room terry pretty much fell off the face of the earth as far as i can tell okay 
I can't find a single statement of any kind from him following all of this. And from someone who'd been kind of chatty before and like, I feel like, okay, so people lie and deny things even when they're guilty. Yeah. And for someone who'd been kind of chatty in the past, I find the fact that he's not even trying to deny it mm-hmm. kind of interesting, you know? Right. Like he just disappeared. Terry's mother, however, Lenora Jordan, she came to his defense to the media saying simply, none of that is true. As of June 20th of 2022, the day after Father's Day, Amy said, quote, my relationship with my dad is non-existent. I had to put boundaries in place for protection. Wow. And that kind of sums up the saga that is Deanna and Terry Jordan and their 29-year off-and-on relationship. Damn. He was, he, I mean, other than the fact that he creepily likes to watch people eat, um, man, I was hoping that wasn't there. He seemed like a, a weirdly befuddled man that, didn't you know there's just way too much smoke for there to not be some fire you know yeah and when it's your mom that's going that's not true like yeah come on lady and like looking at um amy's social media like when she was posting about her dad and her parents and stuff like it wasn't too long before the the divorce that i remember this one particular one she did where she was like only my parents would be eating hard-boiled eggs together on a road trip and it was like Deanna driving and him in the front seat and they're like cheersing hard boiled eggs which is so gross the thought of a hard boiled egg in a car just grosses me out <laughs> okay. but she was like oh that would be them cheers you know like eating hard boiled eggs together and my dad singing frosty the snowman because he wants us to stop for a frosty at wendy's and stuff like that so she definitely like and mm. then you know like oh we're two peas in a pod and oh we're having a daddy daughter day and then he just drops off the face of the earth on it yeah but just a kind of side note to make you understand. So in this marriage boot camp thing, one of the things that they come to is that like she goes into it, she calls it Amy land where she makes everything happy all the time. Okay. To not talk about, you know, to mm-hmm. like kind of like mask all of the other stuff. Yeah. And so um, I'm like, yeah. So it's like if you take that into account, is that why she's always this like bubbly thing? Because it's like, oh, no. Right. Everything's great. My dad, me and my dad are two peas in a pod. And yeah. maybe at that point she had been trying to get past her stuff of her childhood. And it was, I here. Okay. This is my take. My, you know, total just opinion piece right here. I think that she was probably really happy when her parents got married. Right. Because it was probably that like, oh yeah, it's finally happening. Mm-hmm. And she just wanted so bad for it to be good that it was like, none of the stuff from before matters. Right. And I just want my parents to be together. Even if I'm yep. 19 years old, mm-hmm. I'm going to make this work and we're going to be super close. And I'm just two peas in a pod with my dad. Right. And then I feel like once her parents got divorced, it was like, there was a part of her that was like, okay, now I can go back to reality. Correct. You know yeah. what I mean? Damn. And it has to, like, even, like you said, even though she's older, like, that it has to suck because you're like, okay, I want, I want this to work really badly, but it's, like you said, there's a pattern of behavior. Yeah. It's just too much to ignore it all, you know? Yeah. But, um, on another note, crazy story about Deanna and the accident, right? That's, that's insane. And I started noticing in, like, newer videos, she's, like, limping a lot. I mean, okay. she could also just have a hip problem. It could be a lot of things. You know, mm-hmm. when you're in your 60s, it could be 
And now I'm like, huh, I wonder if the limping is from... And now, I, now I feel like I'm going to watch the show and be like, did she limp in years prior? Like, I don't know. Right. Now I just feel like now I'm going to watch because I hadn't really noticed it until recently. And like, wow. all, I mean, her leg broke in two places in her pelvis and Jeez. crawled across the fucking street. So, crazy story. Um, and so, this is not important, but I made a note of funny stuff about Deanna's social media. I don't know why. This cracks me up probably more than it'll crack me up. So besides the excessive use of exclamation points, <laughs> it's her favorite punctuation. She she has this thing, and I, and I actually pointed out one time when she was posting her her postings that she does about the family. Mm-hmm. She's very she she posts a very like middle aged lady um attitude posts. Mm. Ooh, ooh, you right. know that she does a lot of those. And I remember posting one where she she has one picture. She has a habit of posting the same picture over and over, and then sometimes making it black and white. So like it's different now, right? Like okay, because I mean now that, that was in full color. This is in black and white. It's different. <laughs> But she also posts them really close together, so you can't even claim, like, oh, I'm using it as a throwback. Like, no, she just keeps posting the same shit over and over. So that cracks me up. But there's this one particular photo that for a long time was, like, her photo that she kept using in everything. Okay. Like, she kept reposting it. It's on a lot of articles. (laughs) And you can tell it's cropped when you look at it, but, like, Mm -hmm. I had never seen the original I finally saw the original while doing this. She's standing next to Kirk Cameron and cropped him out. <laughs> <laughs> you mean America's sweetheart, Kirk Cameron? Uh, the King of Beats. How do you how do you crop the King of Beats? She loved her look, and she couldn't have competition. Wow. I mean, I wouldn't be able to stare at anybody's countenance if Kirk Cameron was there. So she's got like the original with Kirk, and then she's got like the regular color and then a black and white and then one that's like blue tone like cool you know when you go like cool tones yeah so there's a lot of versions of this wow. picture but to fight to actually see that the original was with kurt cram and fucking sent me it was so funny <laughs> oh oh and then i actually oh shit i forgot to write it down in her instagram bio and also the same thing is listed on her facebook so mm. she's got it everywhere but it cracks me up because in her bio it says former reality TV guest star. <laughs> guest star. <laughs> Which I mean, Fami definitely has way more of a claim to being on the show than Deanna. But it's oh, just like of course. I'm a, and I when I would find these tiny little like bios about like some of her music so i mean on like rinky dinky tiny little websites mm-hmm. where i'm like she probably gave them the bio or gave them the information <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. it's so rinky dinky like it it usually said like reality tv star and i'm just like oh honey <laughs> was she a star was she though oh, so man. yeah she's just got a very um boomerish i don't know wait what age was this boomer cut off but she's a very boomerish instagram and it Mm. makes me laugh the, i mean the exclamation points she posts <laughs> you know without having being on facebook she posts the instagram equivalents of like the quotes mm, as like yeah. a cross in the background mm-hmm. she just sounds angry but exclamation points aside like everything is just very like yeah you know like yeah, yeah. there's like a little attitude in the street and i feel so defiant yeah, yeah. it's it's 
very like that. So, mm. and then when she and Fami get together on like lives and stuff, like they really feed off each other. Oh, and that's what yeah. I was saying by, oh, she presented herself pretty well in the documentary. But those two get together on a live and they talk about stuff, and they're really like, "Where did Josh get the cell phone?" Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. As if like prisoners all over even with the best records don't all use self i mean it's pretty bad that he got one so soon and he got that infraction but it's like right. one of the most common infractions like you know yeah. but um but everything's just like hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> so it's it's a type they and they feed and it's a yeah. thing yeah so they're like big ed and little ed <laughs> it's the second reference to that recently great movie oh and the the so the documentary itself, great. Mm-hmm. The movie where Jessica Lange is B- Big Edie and then Drew Barrymore is Little Edie, some of the best acting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Fucking amazing. And tomorrow's 4th of July. It's past 4th of July by the time you're listening to this. Feels very 4th of July. There's a part where she, she dances with the flag and sings. Mm-hmm. It's a very 4th of July movie. I'm going to go watch that. It's cool. um, amazing acting. For the people that have never seen it, what movie is that? Oh, God. So the original documentary, of course, is Great Gardens. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember the name of... Let me look it up. The dramatized movie. I just looked it up, and it is also called Great Gardens. Oh, I thought they would okay. call it something else because it's a film right? versus the documentary. But yeah, it's also called Great Gardens, but it's from 2009. Amazing acting. So there good. There you go. There's your movie, ref- your movie recommendation for the episode. So yeah, that is... Um, that is big Edie, little Edie, <laughs> the men that loved them, kind of, the man that the loved man them, kind of, that loved and threatened them, threatened them, and yeah, gave some woman herpes, yeah, <laughs> I know. supposedly. <laughs> like I came across that really late into my research, and I was like, oh hot damn, I got a whole other section. <laughs> like it didn't come across as easily. Like I came yeah. across it very randomly, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> He That's gave so Lady <laughs> on December uh, 4th of 1991. Oh, my goodness. It's very random. <laughs> so, um, do you have anything or or do I start to tell the... Do you have anything? No. All right. So, the post office. Okay. Go to the post office. Check our P.O. box. We have two slips of yellow paper because those are the little things where they tell you when something is coming. You have to go to the counter to get it. Mm-hmm. One piece of paper said Salgado times two. So two things came addressed to Salgado. Okay. Then there was another paper that said Mildred times one. <laughs> so something that got addressed to Mildred. Okay. I get up to the counter. I hand them over to this new guy. Let me tell you. I saw him one other time, but I haven't had to deal with him yet. Okay. I have not seen Cashmere. I'm a little concerned. So I hand them to this new guy and he goes, and he's looking at them and he goes, one, two, and what's your name? And I said, <laughs> Whitney. And he goes, well, that's a third name. Which one are you here? And I, I had a moment where I, I had a very stern voice. And I said, Salgado is my last name. Mm-hmm. And he just like stared at me. I'm like, did you, did he, I'm like, did you think that was a first name? Yeah. Like, and I was like, that's my last name. So that's me. And then that's Mildred. Another name on the account is what I right. said. Because that's true. It is another name on the account. And he kind of was like, oh. And then he goes, and he is gone forever. Okay. And so I'm like, he's about to fucking blow (laughs) Mildred's cover. I'm like, he is going and looking to her account and seeing that her birthday just passed and now she's 18 and now she needs to come in. So I'm like, here we go. Here we fucking go. 
It's happening. It's all my worst fears are happening, right? So my heart is pounding and I'm like, how, how what do I do when he comes back? I need to be prepared for what I'm going to say if this comes up or I just say thank you and run. Like, what am I going to do? And it's already hot as balls. But like, because of also the nervousness, I literally had like dripping hands. Oh it was God. disgusting. I'm like wiping them on my dress. It was terrible. I cannot express how gone, how like long he was gone. And there's only one other teller open. And so everybody standing like behind me kind of like pissed. And I'm like, I don't have to tell you. Yeah. He finally comes back. He wasn't blowing Mildred's cover. <laughs> We're good. He, he can't find a package though. Hmm. So I was like, and he's like, you didn't come earlier and get it. And I was like, no. And so we'd gotten a package on the 26th and then two came on the 28th. The two from the 28th or what I was holding, what he gave me. We're still missing this one from the 26th. And he's like, well, you know, just like maybe like, he's like, you know, you need it. And I'm like, it's on my dashboard. And and it kind of cracks me up how many of them seem confused when I talk about the dashboard. Mm -hmm. I'm like, don't you? I'm like, you know. And he's like, and it was a package. I'm like, it's under the package section (laughs) of my dashboard. Mm -hmm. But um, he was like, well, your shirt. I'm like, well, it's right. So then I'm like showing him the number. And I was like, and he was like, oh, yeah, let me start writing that down. And I said, do you want me to read it off to you? And he says, no. So then okay. I'm like holding my phone out, way out for him to re- to write it. He's writing the wrong fucking number. Oh, my God. So I was like, it's this number over here. And he was like, 9505. And I'm like, no, you're looking at the wrong one. It's 9500. And so I'm like, and so I'm like trying to read it to him. And he doesn't want me to read it to him, but he's writing the wrong fucking number. And I'm like, oh, oh my no. God, here we go. And so then he was like, well... Well, I'll go look this up. And he goes, yeah, it says it's in the system. I'm like, okay. Cool. And he just stands there. So I'm like, next steps. <laughs> he goes, well, um, you can just fill out this callback sheet and it'll go to a manager and they, they'll call you back. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I fill it out. I put down the tracking number mm-hmm. and I was like, anything else you need from me? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, bye. But, um. I thought he was, I, he, when he was gone for so long, he gave me such attitude about just like three names and he was like, right. well, who are you? This is something. I'm like, that's my fucking last name. Like, what do you know what he thought? But, um, yeah. So I even went back two days later. They still don't have it. Damn. And I'm getting, my dashboard is telling me, come pick it up or it's being sent back by the 10th. So I'm going to go again. Oh, I can't, tomorrow's 4th of July. I can't go tomorrow. I'll have to go again the next day. But it's just like missing. Oh, and then no. I was on the way to meet. Um, I stopped one more time to try to see before I went to lunch with a friend. And they were like, well, go ring this buzzer. <laughs> go stand outside the sketchy ass door and ring this buzzer and a manager will come. But there was like two other people there. I'm like, I got to go. I got a friend to meet. Yeah. So I have to go back. If you send us something from the town of Royal, Michigan, it's in limbo. And if it gets sent back, we're sorry. Because this postal worker cashmere he is not let me he tell is you not. i know his name but i won't say it i already outed one person by name i think it's hilarious because i feel like during that time that you were nervous if like a cop would have walked in just to like drop some mail off you would have been like she's actually a cat <laughs> probably and he's like <laughs> k like he he was there to drop a letter I true if he had just gone to oh let me go get your stuff and was gone mm-hmm. a long time i would have thought nothing of it but it was because of the like 
and how many people and like you know and I, I felt like he was judging the names and i'm like yeah. he's looking up my account and looking for a reason and and in my head i'm going it's because he's new and new people are real officer not on my watch you know what i mean <laughs> like they want to catch something because they're new and they're like look what i did oh, my newbie <laughs> there you go you got him <laughs> we did get a package um f- with some very sweet photos from a listener and i didn't realize on the back of her letter she wrote something like i hope cashmere was able to get this in the box or something <laughs> like that we have a lot we've gotten so much stuff i need to do a, i need to set it all up one day and i want to do like a catch-up post of like mm. thank yous for all the stuff i'm just i'm just so i'm in behind on life i can't keep up with fucking life right now yeah. so forgive me guys i'm having a hard time juggling it all it's mm-hmm gotten difficult but i'm gonna do catch up here get all of our maybe we can get this package from royal michigan and include it in the hall (laughs) but yeah i'm I'm just glad mildred's not blown her cover's not blown right and uh i was once i realized that like that wasn't gonna happen i was just like okay well thank you so much for (laughs) but he was but then his tune changed too when he realized he couldn't They'd lost my package. Right. All of a sudden, he was very like, oh, oh, like, even though he couldn't write down the fucking number to say the, he couldn't write down the number to save his life. And I'm like, I'll read it to you. And he's like, no. Right. I'm like, oh, let me read you the fucking number. He's all 9505. I'm like, not 9505. But it's a whole thing. (laughs) Oh, man. No cashmere. No original thing, but it was still a thing. Oh, man. One of the things Mildred did get was a, cat toy with catnip in it that was a rainbow she yep she so we keep saying that she's an ally and she Whatever. plays with it all the time yep. we got sheldon's mom who is mm-hmm. now sergeant sprinkles mom <laughs> sent a little hand crocheted like little cactus that was adorable um there's just some great stuff man i just got to catch up yeah we'll post about it it was all very very thoughtful very sweet i remember joking saying that i wanted to get a christmas card in july we got one in june close enough <laughs> yeah and it had a cat on it love it <laughs> christmas cards in june thank you it helps my sad <laughs> it helps my sad oh man all right you got any other tales from the post office nope all i right. just gotta pee in the toilet stick uh toilet seat will stick to my ass so <laughs> we've been sitting here so long well thanks for digging with us today you can feel free to buy us a pickle or a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash digging up the dug Send us a message at diggingupthedougars at gmail.com. Join us for our episode visuals and other Mildred-related content, which you posted her her peach collar today. I did. What is more vulnerable than a peach? Nothing. Um, at diggingupthedougarspod on Instagram. And then if you'd like to send us anything or send Mildred anything, we do have a P.O. box. That which may is- or may not get here. <laughs> Cashmere, he is not. Uh, P.O. Box 5973, Glendale, Arizona 85312. Have a wonderful week.